know if you remember a year ago, and I did this, uh, I don't know, little series. It's kind of interesting. I have these great ideas, and I do them, and magically, later on, they show up in the NFL, whether it's the NFL Network or ESPN. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if there's, like, a little, like, man or woman or someone out there listening <laughs> and hearing my ideas, and they end up places year, uh, years later been doing helmets off now for three years which is amazing it's incredible love doing this it's a lot of fun but Patrick Mahomes a year ago I was talking about these moments in the history of the NFL that define a generation and and really become these iconic plays that live forever like themselves they even have a name I don't know what Patrick Mahomes run was late in the second quarter against the Tennessee Titans but it was really an innocuous play like it was, hey, we got to get out of bounds. And he turns this little simple play into something incredible. But I was talking about, and I'll get into more detail in it in just a minute, but I was talking about these these iconic moments, the catch, the immaculate reception, uh, the, the killer, you know, the 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 17-0 and 0 Miami Dolphins, whatever it is, uh, Tom Brady and the tuck rule against – against the Raiders where he clearly fumbles the ball and it's called uh, the tuck rule and propels a generation of football and dominance by the New England Patriots and I felt like Patrick Mahomes was that player that player that could usher in a new generation and and I said this a year ago I said this guy is such a special talent he's a guy that does things that I just you I don't see people do I don't, I don't see people make these throws and make them with such uh, ease and, and regularity. It's not like a fluke. It's, it's things you're taught never, ever do. And he's doing everything that you're taught not to do, and, he, and, it's, and it's beautiful. I'm a huge fan. And I just felt like this guy is going to be special. And lo and behold, in late in the second quarter of the championship game against the Titans – he ushered in this next generation on one play. It was in the two-minute drill, and, and uh, he, uh, you know, time is your enemy. So he's, he's scrambling, and all he's trying to do is get first downs and get out of bounds. That's it. You know, stop the clock. And it's one of those things where you go, don't ever cut back to the inside, <laughs> just gain a few more yards. That's like a no-no. That's like don't ever do that. Right? And you see these – these running backs and they, their instinct is to cut to the inside, you know, fake the guy to the outside, cut to the inside, you know, get up and but someone's going to tackle you, and it and it loses precious time. Well, Patrick Mahomes has this instinct. He has this just I don't know what it is, but it's it's this it's a special gift. You, you don't see many people that really intuitively understand football, and he just. You know, he's just got an amazing IQ for football. It's it's impressive. So it clearly looks like he's going to go out of bounds. And then he kind of hesitates with this defensive lineman. And it was all he needed because he knew the guy had the angle on him. And all he needed the, the, the defensive end to do is just stop. And he knew he had enough speed to get around him and then cut back to the inside. Now, here's where here's where he was wise. He had two timeouts left. So even if he gets tackled, they're going to call a timeout, but they're going to be on like the six-yard line or closer. And and he cuts to the inside. He has a couple of guys hit him. He slips, spins, 
and he wills himself into the end zone for a touchdown. And it was just this miraculous play because really all they're hoping for is to kick three points or to have a shot at kicking three points. Now it's now it's a it's a, it's a seven point swing with the ball coming out in the second half, and you're just and and really that game ended right there. Fifty years of the Kansas City Chiefs not being in the Super Bowl ended in that moment right there, and here was this this player, this generational player, that just said, "This is why I'm here." This is and and it was so special to to watch and to see and. And those plays and those players don't show up every day. They just don't. They, they're just not around. And and it's the right combination of the talent and the team and the situation. And and it, it's a deadly combination uh, with with the kind of offense Andy Run Reed Andy Reed runs, and with the kind of uh, knowledge and understanding he has of developing quarterbacks, with the talent around Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're just loaded with talent. And you just, it's just, and then the talent of Patrick Mahomes himself. It's a beautiful thing. And and he's literally, literally ushering in this new generation of football in the NFL. Now, I'm going to talk about why he's so good and why he's going to beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. I'm going to do that when we come back from the break. Patrick Mahomes ushered in a new generation in the NFL on one play. Yeah, I'm telling you, one play. And (laughs) you're like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, no, whatever, because the dude is good. And you could see it. And when they won the game, they literally just, it was over at that point. So here's here's why I think that he's going to further cement his position in the uh, NFL based on just this is my observation the titans had derrick henry who was a beast i mean he's incredible and they just said we're gonna make uh brian uh, uh Tannehill, ryan Tannehill, beat us we're not gonna we're not gonna let this guy just get off and go crazy rushing him and and I know, I know that people, uh, you know, I get that that he's still going to have yards. I mean, he's a good player, and they're really good at this. I mean, they execute it. But what they're saying is, we're going to minimize it. We're going to hold you to a certain point total. We're, we're going to hold you to twenty one points or twenty four points or whatever it is. And we just know that uh, we just have to hold you. We don't have to necessarily completely shut you down. But we have to have your quarterback say, all right, you're going to consistently beat us throwing the football, and, uh, and it's not going to happen. Now, uh, Mike Vrabel, defensive guy, defensive-minded coach, they're built on playing great defense and running the football. And that's fine and dandy and wonderful. I'm just not sure how often it wins Super Bowls. And and it works because it does win Super Bowls. I can tell you about the Seattle Seahawks and the 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 Legion of Boom. They were built that way. the The difference was they had a quarterback who actually could make plays outside of the run game. That was really the difference. That's why Seattle won. And you look at a year ago, kind of the same blueprint. 
really good defense with the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, their defense was just lights out. And then they have Todd Gurley, and they have this really dynamic running game mixed in with a little bit of play action, and they took all the pressure off of Jared Goff. You know, it's just like he's not going to have to win games for us on just his ability to drop back and throw the football. Same thing with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Ryan Tannehill didn't start the season as the quarterback. And so, but but he, he got them pretty far. He got them to the championship game on just the ability to, um, you know, run run the football. And and so, um, it, if you think back to last year's Super Bowl, you'll remember <laughs> what happened. And it was fascinating because I really thought the Rams had a shot in the Super Bowl. And you hear Jared Goff and you hear Sean McVay after the game and they go, uh-oh, we, we, that game got too big for us. We, we, let it, we let it be bigger than we were. We were not prepared to handle what's actually happening. And I can see the same kind of storm brewing again with the San Francisco 49ers. And I guarantee you that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to line up and they go, you're not going to throw the ball seven times and rush for over 220 yards. You are going to have to beat us, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and I believe... He's not ready for that. I don't believe he's ready for that big moment and putting it all on his shoulders. Now, will he down the road? I don't know. I mean, I know that uh, this last year the Rams had a Super Bowl hangover. That's for sure. They just were not even close to the team they were a year ago. And you look at other teams that have been there, and Atlanta Falcons, I don't know that they've recovered from two years ago. Shoot, they may never recover being down 25 points to New England and losing that Super Bowl. I just it just feels like that's the way it is to me. That the Chiefs going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them and you have a sense that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come out and they, and it's and they are going to just go. And and they and they have the speed, they have the talent to match up with that defense because that defense is very fast for the 49ers, very fast defense. Really good defense, but the, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs can can match up with that, and I just have a sense that Patrick Mahomes has prepared himself for this moment, and I think he's I think he's more ready for for the big time moment than than Jimmy Garoppolo, and and so, um, who knows? Maybe when Jimmy Garoppolo gets old and retires, he may just end up. Uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs because it's uncanny and I don't know how this happens but I do know that all quarterbacks who get old and go to die from the 49ers end up with the Kansas City Chiefs and it's an impressive list the first one is Steve DeBerg I don't know if you ever Steve DeBerg was in my era always a journeyman quarterback Played on the same team together, the Miami Dolphins, for the for most of one season. And just one of the people I've been most impressed with in my career. Smart, smart, smart. Really understood football. Understood it, like, amazingly well. And uh, worked super hard. And, of course, Bill Walsh had to decide between Steve DeBerg or Joe Montana. And a lot of people felt like DeBerg was better than Montana. And Jill... Uh, Joe, uh, Bill Walsh, I was going to call him Jill Walsh. Bill Walsh uh, exiled Steve DeBerg because he felt like 
the only way for Montana to flourish was to not have that pressure to know that he was the guy. And, well, the rest is history. And off goes Steve DeBerg to Kansas City. Well, guess who shows up after Steve DeBerg? <laughs> Joe Montana. I mean, I don't know if you'd ever think of a guy that was a 49er. And, I mean, you talk about ushering in a generation and, and the catch with the White Clark. I mean, that was that's what's that's what Joe Montana was to the NFL. Cool Joe. I mean, he was just uh, he was just amazing. He was just so precise and so. I mean, he took football in a, in just a, in such a different direction that it's still thriving in today. And then, of course, you have Alex Smith. Alex Smith was a part of a team that went to the the Super Bowl and lost, and then he got booted. Where did he end up going? He went to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then he got booted for Patrick Mahomes. And you have Elvis Grayback, and you have Steve Bono, who all were 49ers, all kind of um, had really good careers uh, when when they left the 49ers, and, of course, ended up with the Kansas City Chiefs. So kind of funny deal. All right, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, um, got a new deal here. It's kind of what's on your mind or what's trending in the world. Saw this uh, documentary on Aaron Hernandez, the uh, once famous and then infamous New England Patriot tight, tight end, and I want to talk about it when we come back. final segment of the show and it's kind of what's on your mind what's trending what what are people talking about well recently a documentary came out on netflix about aaron hernandez and of course if you want to talk about what's trending (laughs) streaming is trending right so i've always been either a satellite guy or cable guy and moved into a new house and i said you know i'm gonna give this streaming thing a try and I got to tell you, it's beautiful. And I feel so millennial. I feel so millennial in, in what I've done. And I find these shows, fascinating shows, uh, whether they're series or documentaries or whatever. There was one on the Roman Empire I watched that was amazing. I, so I've been watching all these shows. And, and then just recently I watched this thing on Aaron Hernandez. So a limited, limited series type of show. And and it was it was fascinating for me to see kind of um, well first of all it was just all shocking like the whole thing is just so shocking to me because it well first of all he he can't he grew you know you think well he he grew up in a tough town you know he grew up in a tough environment and, you know he had two parents he lived he lived in a in a in a you know he lived in Bristol Connecticut. And, and he, and he had, and he was liked in school and he was, you know, he wasn't this menacing, terrible guy, but of course, like all of us, there are secrets and there are things behind closed doors that just, you know, this whole thing of abuse and sexual abuse and, and, and how, how impactful and how devastating it is. And I've seen it. I know people very close to me who have lived through it. And it's just, it's so, it's so, um, so sad because it's a person taking another person's life and it's like, they're sucking away their happiness and it's so selfish and so amoral and so, um, just so demeaning. And I think of a person like Martin Luther King, 
Recently, there was Martin Luther King Day. And I understand Martin Luther King wasn't a perfect person, and like, who is, right? But he had a vision. I mean, he had a dream. And and his dream was was about thinking about things in a different light. You know, like loving people and 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 doing it in a peaceful way as opposed to this anger. And how in his life, um, I'm not sure I'm not sure how many people Martin Luther King actually impacted just because he said, let's try something different. Let's try kindness and let's try love and let's try peace to resolve challenges. And, and so when you see this thing like Aaron Hernandez and how it literally snubbed out his life because someone was being selfish and, and not only it snubbed his life out, but how many other people and his son and his, or his daughter and his, his fiance and just, and just, you just go on and on and on and how there's really kind of a, a, a choice of, you know, how we can either be selfish or how we can be caring and giving and, and the impact it has for generations and how many people you actually touch in your life when you're willing to, to be selfless and you're willing to serve other people. It's powerful. And I've seen it in my own life. And, and, and so when I'm watching this, it's one of the things that really jumps out at me is, you know, how selfish all of this was. And then you see what, what became of Aaron Hernandez and you're just like, it's so senseless. I mean, I just, I just want to go and just, just go. What are you, <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, there's ne- that like this is never going to end in a good way. And and what what really ultimately did someone do to deserve to die? Because you killed. So many people by killing one person, you killed yourself, you killed your family, you killed this other person's family and, and on and on and on. And you've done it for generations because of what really, what, what was so horrific, what was so demeaning and so degrading and so awful that you had to do this. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no rational, there's no irrational, there's no nothing that you can sit there and say, yeah, I, 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 he deserved it. He had it coming. And we're so quick in our society to do this. And we do it even if we don't shoot someone. We do it in the words we speak to people. I mean, you talk about being bullied and how demeaning and how degrading that is. And, and all of these critics, um, criticism is criticism. And I don't care where it comes from or how it comes, it's demeaning. And so I just don't understand um, that. And, and, and as I watch this, I'm just like, you had everything. I'm like, you had everything. I mean, people in the NFL loved Aaron Hernandez. You watched him play. He was like, man, he's just, we, he's a guy that you could really get behind and, you know, kind of almost like a Gronk kind of guy. I mean, Gronkowski's just a goofy kid uh, for the most part. And, and and Aaron Hernandez could have been one of a long line of great tight ends in the NFL and for the New England Patriots. I mean, he really could have been something special. And and you just throw all of that away. I mean, everything. And you're just like, it's so, so sad and senseless. And I remember Ray Carruth did it back in my day. And, 
and uh, how he had his girlfriend who was pregnant and and he just didn't want her to be pregnant or whatever. I don't, you know, it just doesn't, it just never makes any sense to me. And watching that, I just, I just sat there and I was just like, oh, it's so sad. And then you, and then you see him go through all these different, these different things. And, and ultimately, you know, he ends up committing suicide and, and, and you get to a point where you're just hopeless. And I firmly believe that there is hope. Always. And I believe you always have a choice. And I believe if you choose to forget yourself in your life and just look to serve other people, you'll find a, a peace and a happiness that you you cannot find when you're focused on you and you're being selfish. And so whatever you're doing, speak kind words, look for peace, look for love, and you'll be so much happier. All right, Helmets Off is now off. We're powered by KSLSports.com, which we love dearly. And you can find us on Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast or on Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. Until then, we'll catch you soon.